0: These player interviews, Josh, they're really good. They're really good, dude. I've, I was uh, listening to a few of them right before the show started today. It's, it's really cool. Well done. Well done. Makes me very excited for the rest of this show. Which, oh, by the way, the show is over because we're focusing on offense this hour. And you heard from DeMarco Murray. And now we're going to hear from... Eric Gray, 405 651 3439. That's 405 651 3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405 329 9000. Anything else we need to get to? Hour two brought to you by Allison Insurance. Thanks as always for the support in Hour One to the good people at Van Hoos Fence, VHFence.com. That's VHFence com. All right, let's uh, hear a little bit about Eric Gray and a very good lead-in question. You went from being a newcomer last year, transfer, right? Came from Tennessee. Now you're you're you're, you're the vet in the room. What's that adjustment been like for Eric Gray?
1: It's definitely been good. Um, I had always wanted to work on my leadership skills. I had always been a type of guy that was do as I do. But um, now as I've gotten older, I've learned that to, in order to, some people need to be motivated by talk. I need to talk to some guys to motivate them. So I've definitely learned that uh, growing up. I remember in my younger years, how the older guys led me. So I've just been trying to do that for the younger guys. And
2: for those younger guys, is there anyone of them that's kind of like stood out to you as someone that Sooner fans, whether it's this season or kind of going forward, that people should be on the lookout for?
1: I think both of those young guys, um, Javante and Gavin have definitely came in and done a great job. They have attacked the offense. They have learned it. Um, Javante being here in the spring done a great job. Gavin just getting here in the summer, the past two months, he's definitely left an impact on everyone. He's done, a great job
2: so what do you think that they could offer you know if you if you're off the field for a play Mm. what what do they offer in levy's offense that can give an extra verse, kind of a versatility to Mm. the backfield
1: both of those guys do a great job i think they offer um hard nose running um attention to detail they know what they're doing they're going to go out there and be able to to keep the pace going they're not going to it's not going to drop they're going to keep the pace going
3: eric it's clear listening to Jeff levy today that he's very very high on you and how you fit into this offense yeah. now that you've gotten to spend a spring in an off season with levy and with everybody that's going to be a part of this offense How does it suit you i mean is this offense different some of the things that you're going to be asked to do from the running back position is it going to look any different how does it fit into your game entering 2022
1: i think this offense was exactly what i was praying for i think this offense is perfect um to show my versatility being able to run inside inside zone outside zone being able to catch the ball out of the backfield run routes I think this offense was was made for me. I say, and it's it's definitely perfect. Coach Levy has done a great job of teaching me the little minor details of the offense, uh, making sure I'm lined up correctly, making sure I'm doing everything right. But it's definitely going to be good.
4: What impresses you about Marcus? Condition?
1: His his strength. He's very powerful runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, his speed to size is is a, definitely a great ratio. Being able to. Be able as strong as he is but also as fast as he is he's definitely doing a great job is
4: he versatile too in, in the passing game things like that he knows a little, a little bit about the passing game
1: yeah yeah i would definitely say he's a versatile runner can uh, run it hard but also can catch out of the backfield
4: some of the runs he's had he hasn't had many but some mm-hmm. of them he's had really underscore what you're saying about power in terms of yeah, Where, yeah. where's that come from do you think is it weight room is it natural is it uh you
1: know it's it's probably a little natural but he definitely works harder in the weight room so i would say the weight room as well
4: mm. What about yourself? Me? What if I asked him, what would be impressive about Eric Gray? What would he, say?
1: he would say? Probably making people miss, being able to be a, a home run hitter, and definitely uh, strength and power. Where did
4: your
0: strength come from? By, by the way, can, can I just pause you? I love. What what a interesting and
1: odd question.
0: What would they say about you? I, d- I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they would say. I don't know. Me.
3: If you ask them, they might tell you.
0: You know, he's. He's probably gonna be available for some things, but <laughs> that that's look at you, Hoove. go.
1: My legs. <laughs> I was built with some with some great legs, being able to squat good, so definitely my legs. And a little natural a little natural. I'm kinda bred, of I got a long line of running backs in my family.
3: What do you think about just the overall team goals of this group? I mean obviously you probably have some individual goals, but what is the expectation for Oklahoma for Eric Gray in twenty twenty two?
1: We have a great team. I think if we stay together, the sky's the limit for us. Like Coach B always talks about, win the opener, win the state championship, win the Big 12, win the playoff game, and win the big one, win the closer. Those are our those are our goals for our team. Team 128, and it's pretty good. I, I believe in them.
3: You've talked a little bit about Javante, about Gavin. Uh, probably you've seen more of Javante so far. Yep, yep. Uh, you're gonna have a great chance for this to be you as the lead running back, right, but right, those right. young guys, What type of serious chances do they have to legitimately earn some carries in 2022?
1: I think those guys have a great chance. You know what I'm saying? Uh, With this offense, Coach Levy plays a lot of guys. He scores a lot of points. So those guys are definitely gonna have a chance to go in there and even as young guys get some reps and really show what they can do and really learn the ropes in in a game setting and show what they can do.
4: Eric, what are some of the keys for your offensive line to really produce this year?
1: Like I was saying, that offensive line has a great problem. They have a lot of guys that can start. They have a lot of guys that can play. So I definitely think they're going to have a great competition come come fall, uh, come fall camp here soon. But those guys are very attention to detail. Like everyone says, they might be the best group on the team. So I'm looking forward to running behind those guys and really <laughs> making some success behind
4: them. You were probably busy during the summer, 707s, Pascal, mm-hmm, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, so you don't get a lot of exposure to the offensive line. Right. Uh, How does that change come Thursday?
1: Oh, It definitely changes because there's no, you got a little seven on seven, but the big time is the team run, the inside. So I'll definitely be learning more about those guys. But they've done a great job in the spring. I think we definitely chill well with me being a type of cut back. So they're knowing to keep blocking downfield because I might cut back and come behind you.
4: Mm -hmm. August feels different sounds different smells different probably when you're up in there running between the tackles. oh for sure
1: for sure it definitely feels different but like i said i've put on 10 pounds so i'm feeling great Mm
3: -hmm. what's been the best part of you and dylan gabriel's relationship so far i mean we hear a lot about the type of leader he's been in terms of getting getting his teammates acclimated to what this jeff levy offense looks like but for you personally what's been the best part of that relationship so far
1: Man, I've been around a lot of quarterbacks, and not a lot of quarterbacks try to organize events to to get players to form a camaraderie, form a brotherhood. Not a lot of guys do that, and that's just a testament to him and how special he is and how he thinks. I've done, he's done a great job of just me and him hanging out at, at his house, me and him going out to dinner. You know, what I'm saying he's a hugger. I've never been around somebody who hugs as much as he does, but it's just that Hawaii lifestyle, and he's he's really amazing, man. He really. He really cares, he really loves on you. Not a lot of quarterbacks are like that. Most quarterbacks are kind of just the quarterback, they're QB1, but he definitely does a great job of making you feel loved, making you feel like he knows he cares about you.
2: Is there a certain level of like, you just gotta be around him to think, like this isn't a fake, this right, isn't right. fake. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there a feeling out process though for that? It definitely was, cause I haven't been,
1: like I said, I haven't been around a quarterback, a lot of quarterbacks mm-hmm. that were like that. I haven't been around a lot of people that were huggers. He's a, he's a very big hugger and I was like, uh, but once, once I got to know him, I was like, that's
2: just how he is. Yeah. That's just how he is, and he's a great guy. He's really special. As much as everybody talked about the new staff, do you think that the way that he kind of ingratiated himself has helped with the buy-in and the culture of what you guys have built?
1: I definitely think so. You know what I'm saying? Coming in to a whole new system, whole new people, it's not always easy. Sure. But I definitely thought he came in and he did it the right way. He didn't try to, he tried, kind of stayed in the background at first and kind of just submerged himself in and became the leader that he is now.
0: It's good stuff from Eric Gray. Good you kicking off the Dylan Gabriel talk like that and Eddie using the word ingratiated. Pretty smooth. Pretty smooth you, stuff. Eddie Holy smokes. I just Googled that word up. It means to help everyone come together. I uh, couple of things. Number one, whenever we mention Eric Gray, we got this on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405 651 Three, four, three, nine. Uh, This is from the 918. If Gray starts, I hope he's gained weight and got tougher at his running game, a lot tougher. Well, you heard him say he added 10 pounds. Wait, that's a delicate balance, too, by the way. Because, and I've always wondered this for running backs. Everyone says you got to get bigger, you got to get stronger. But if you do, how much does that affect? And and listen, you're naturally going to grow and get bigger and stronger. But how much does that affect? how you run Eric Gray is not ever going to be a guy that runs you over but if if he does with what he adds does that affect his shiftiness does that affect his fifth gear if you do and the way that he made it sound Josh that 10 pounds he added that was good weight that he added
3: sounds like it and probably those in between the tackles in between the the guards type runs He could use that extra 10 pounds for the wear and tear. And for somebody that I think, Plank, I think this is setting up for him to be Oklahoma's number one running back, at least going in, he's going to need that extra weight on him to, again, get through the grind, get through the physicality that is an entire season's workload. And, you know, adding 10 pounds, man, I mean – you start getting to 15, 20, 25 pounds. Okay, well, now you're talking about maybe you've lost a little bit in the speed department or the speed dimension. I don't think adding 10 pounds of muscle has changed a whole lot for Eric Gray in that regard.
0: No, nah, me neither. I was impressed with him. You know, I uh, I wrote the, – is the, is the new Boyd Street out with a football preview? Should be, yeah. Okay. I took every position and picked an individual from that position to write about. And I, I chose Eric Gray to write about at the running back position, because, and we've had this debate on this show before, it would have been very easy for Eric Gray to hang his head in frustration and maybe try to go somewhere else. He was not used like he anticipated last year. He had the just the horrible moment in in the Bedlam game, right with the punt. Kind of changed the momentum, the fumbled punt. His coach left, but his head coach left, but he, he didn't. He he bowed up, went out, had an awesome Alamo Bowl game, and, I mean, really set a tone for the running backs in this offseason with what he did. I think if you're like, oh, he needs to get a lot tougher. Okay, well, listen. Oklahoma appears to have some dudes that can run you over in Marcus Major and Javante Barnes from what we've seen. I don't need Eric Gray going out there and and bulking up too terribly much. I kind of like having that that thunder and lightning mindset, right? But to me, he's one of the more interesting and intriguing stories on this team with what – lies ahead of him. The opportunities that lie ahead of him, because I think I've been studying. I've been trying to learn everything I can about Jeff Levy's offense. And there's, there's a chance for a guy like Eric Gray to be really, really good. I mean, they use the running backs in, in making plays out of the backfield beyond just having the football in their hands. And with that zone running game that Gabe loves so much, there is an opportunity for him to get the ball in some space. So, in my studies, Josh, which again I'm not going to sit here and act like I've got tape and a clicker, and I'm not trying to 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 sound like I'm smart or anything. But you would think the style of Eric Gray has the potential to be really, really, really good for OU this year.
3: And you heard Eric Gray thinks it's a match made yeah. in heaven. Yeah, great. Yeah, point. I mean, he he loves what Jeff Levy in this offense, what it's intended, what it's designed to do. So we'll see. We'll see how all of that shakes out for Eric Gray and for Oklahoma offensively. He's definitely, it appears, going to get his opportunity, his shot, to be the number one running back at Oklahoma. And, you know, going into last season and the first few weeks of last season, he was really splitting time with kennedy brooks and then obviously kennedy brooks sort of separated himself and at that point and beyond he was just kind of buried into that number two role on the running back depth chart we'll see what oklahoma's plan is what demarco murray and jeff levy what they want to do offensively in 2022 if it is a a lot of eric gray if that number one guy is kind of the number one guy and then just a You know, spot carries here and there for everybody else. We don't really know, right? What that is going to look like this season. I think it's safe to say, though, one thing we can feel pretty good about, unless things dramatically change throughout this uh, fall camp here, I think Eric Gray's the number one guy going in. Added to. Added to. Now, and again, and again, I think that
0: there's always excitement for the dudes that either A, you've seen in small doses or B that you haven't seen. We've seen Javante Barnes in in a small dose, right? And what we've seen and what everyone's telling you about him is dude's got a chance to be pretty special, right? Six foot, 201 pounds, out of Vegas, big-time recruit. But uh, Gavin Sawchuck is another great example, the kid out of Colorado who just came in here in the fall. But an Eric Gray, Marcus Major, and now Bentavius Thompson, the transfer from UCF, they've got some spirits in that room. And that was something that outside of Kennedy Brooks I felt, and then, of course, when Marcus Major had his issues and couldn't play, it was something Oklahoma didn't have last year. And it's good to see that depth, the experience, and then the excitement of the youth in that running back room. So I'm pumped if I'm a Sooner fan right now. Uh, I'm pumped in general for what DeMarco Murray has going on in the running backs room. You want to shift to receiver next?
3: Let's, which uh, there was an important wide receiver at OU Media Days yesterday.
0: We'll hear from Theo Weiss when we come back on the Home of Sooner Fans. So welcome back into the Plank Show. We are live on the ref. Uh, After being on location for Media Day at OU yesterday, yesterday. we're kind of grabbing the scraps from things we couldn't bring you. Did we... Help help me! I remember whenever I jumped on, we did play to Marco. Whenever I jumped on, and we played a little Joe John Finley. I don't know if we ever got to play some Kale Gundy. Uh, we'll get to that after the break. Kale was more nostalgic, and that's not a knock. I mean, listen, I could sit and talk to Kale Gundy all day long. I mean, I think Josh, you would you would agree if we could have a third mic on this show, Kale Gundy would be that guy. It'd be pretty awesome.
3: Yeah, I mean, he really he can just take whichever one of our mics, Do whatever he wants.
0: he wants, right, and just take over. Um but I thought it was really cool to hear that nostalgia and talking about, you know, Kale went from a room that maybe had what last year, Drake Stoops, uh, Marvin Mims was was kind of in and out of that room, Brian Darby. Is that? I mean, who were the inside receivers last year? Right, not many, three to four guys. Now you've got like sixteen dudes in his room, <laughs> so it's completely different. But real quick. One of those guys is Theo Weese. And, Josh, before we play this, you had a chance to sit there yesterday with Theo. Was there a general takeaway you had from the eight minutes you were sitting there listening to Theo answer questions?
3: Oh, what you would expect. I mean, I think he's just pumped for the opportunity of 2022. And in a lot of ways, for Theo Wees, this is kind of a quote-unquote contract year yeah, for him. I mean, this it. is... His opportunity to really showcase, hey, I'm back, I'm healthy, and, you know, I'm going to be somebody that has a professional future. So it's gigantic. And I think just excitement, just excitement for him that he's back, healthy, and happy to be in Norman, man. Remember, I mean, he, he hopped in the transfer portal or thought about yeah. it for a moment.
5: Um, I'm super excited. Honestly, I get chills just thinking about it. Uh, last season was my first season like in my career, actually missing the whole season. So if that means something, that I'm, I'm fired up. I'm ready for this season.
2: Was it was the last year frustrating, obviously, for you, and just what you went through to get back to where you are now?
5: Uh, yeah, it was a little frustrating at first. You know, I'm just thinking like, why, why me? But you know, I matured a lot from the injury. You know, I just know everything happened for a reason. God has a plan for me. You know, I'm just sticking to His plan. I'm excited to be working with Dylan. Yeah, most definitely. You know, Dylan's a ball player great leader and i love everything about him I mean, people person you know you guys can see it all through social media all the downtime retreats and everything he take care he takes care of his teammates you know i'm excited to ride for him this year
3: how much do you feel you have to individually prove just given how you arrived at oklahoma and kind of how your career has played out at ou i mean obviously you had the injury last season that derailed your hopes for last season but individually I mean do you feel like you have something to prove heading into 2022
5: Uh, yeah I definitely feel like I got something to prove to myself though not not to nobody else just to myself that um, you know because I know my full potential I know what I'm capable of doing so I feel like I'm just gonna go out there and prove it all to myself
3: as far as the wide receivers on this team I think a lot of people feel great about Marvin about yourself how do you feel about Marvin, yourself, and this group of wide receivers?
5: I feel good, you know. We, we lost some guys, but I feel like we didn't really, you know, lose too much talent. You know, I feel like the young guys are going to step up really well, and we're going to be a pretty good group this year.
4: How's the thought with Coach Venables so far as the head coach, and what's that change been like from Riley to Venables?
5: <laughs> I won't compare the two, but uh, Coach B, you know, he's just he real intense. He's big on physicality, and he's just, you know, he's... He's he's a great man, you know. Great father. You know, he got a great family and everything, just like that. Um, For me personally, I I kind of—it's gonna sound kind of weird—I kind of wanted to play for a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, I really couldn't tell you why, but you know, it's just kind of just a different like spark they bring to the table. So yeah, you know, I'm excited to play for Coach V. Well, then
4: on the flip side of that, you're playing for Coach Levy, though. What's that install been like, and what do you think about playing for a guy like that?
5: Yeah, Coach Levy—he's an amazing offensive mind, one of the best in the game. Uh, I'm just excited to be able to run more routes. I, I feel like I'll be able to run most of the route tree and in, um, in his offense, and that's gonna be able to show more what I can do.
4: Has it been a transition for you guys? Uh, just, I mean, you went through the full spring, learned as much as you could. It's like drinking through a fire hose. Coach Gundy said it was like learning Portuguese. <laughs> so this summer uh what have you guys been doing to kind of continue that learning curve
5: uh, it's just you know we basically just added another class to our schedule <laughs> so you know we just we just shoot it like a class we just don't go to the library and study we just come to the facility and study so you know we just you know you just you, you're gonna get it you just gotta you know you just gotta work on it you gotta keep studying keep studying and it all come to you how
4: does that translate then as training camp starts august is here Uh, and putting it in practice?
5: Oh, it's going to translate perfect, you know? The game's more mental than physical, whether you believe it or not. So, you know, once you put in all the mental time, the physical part gets easy. How has your relationship grown with Dylan throughout
6: the season, or throughout the summer here?
5: Oh, it's grown a lot. Um, You know, I kind of was talking to him back in December when we were both in the transfer portal about, you know, going to the same place maybe here and there, but, um, you know, just being around him every day, he's he's fun, you know? (laughs) Like he never has a bad day he always got a smile on his face so you know i'm I'm enjoy it you talked about that transfer portal how easy of a decision was it to, to go ahead and stay here oh it was super easy um i never wanted to leave if i'm being honest but yeah it was super easy once they brought in uh, bb and then coach levy you know him being one of the top offensive minded guys in college it was that was super easy decision
3: we hear tempo 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 yeah talking about jeff levy what is it like so far i mean obviously haven't played a game in 2022 yet but yeah. what's it like playing in this offense what are you excited about what should fans be excited about
5: uh, they should be excited about uh, explosive plays There's going to be a lot of explosive plays all over the field um, as far as the tempo side we're going to be well in shape <laughs> i hope the defenses are ready to get lined up fast because we're going to snap it pretty fast is that
2: exciting to play at that, that kind of pace, some I mean, of oh, that up-tempo and yeah. you keep the defense on its heels? Yeah,
5: definitely, because I feel like you can, just, you can do so much more. It's, it's hard to game plan for a team that tempos, because you don't really know what's coming for you.
4: What do you know about the new guys? J.J. and L.V. Uh, uh, like. Oh, yeah. So
5: L.V. is probably one of the smoothest route runners that I've seen ever. And, you know, J.J. is a flyer. <laughs> so both of them, they're both going, you know, contribute to this team in a big way. Have they,
4: when you saw stuff, like, they were here and working out in summer and all that kind of thing? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, you know summer workouts, you know, just when we do a little scaling and stuff, you know, no coaching involved and stuff like that. But, yeah, L.V. is definitely one of the smoothest route runners I've ever seen.
4: What goes into being a smooth route runner? Twice you said that. What does that mean?
5: <laughs> it's just like it, it just looks so natural. It doesn't. It doesn't look forced. He's clean and not his brakes. It's just y'all. Y'all will see this season. Big,
4: both big play guys. Yeah, okay. I think
5: everybody in the room got big play ability. Yeah.
4: How much you guys lean on somebody uh, as a group? Uh, lean on Dylan knowing oh. what's, what this offense
5: is supposed to do? So Dylan invites us over a lot, actually. So we're usually always at his house going through the installs, just like we're up here with one of the coaches. So he, he's a big factor because, you know, he's been in the system before. He's a big factor in just helping everybody out.
3: Talked about being with, with your fast up tempo offense
4: being yeah. well in shape. Um, what has the summer been like with Schmidty? <laughs> just in the weight room and all those kinds of things.
5: Yeah, messing with Schmidty in the summertime is a real thing. Um, you know, he, he's 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 building us for something bigger than football. He's actually you know just he's actually making us better men and just preparing us for life. Um, our workouts they. Everything y'all heard about them is the truth. They are they're real deal. But you know, we all finished the summer. And we're excited to show the world what the workouts do.
0: You know when it's Theo Weese, sooner wide receiver. You know when we, I, I've I remember we did our show the day Schmitty was hired, and we joked about the the Malcolm Kelly rap. Right? We we joked about the. Everyone singing the messing with Schmitty in the summertime. He gets pissed if we don't make our time right. Everyone's ah, ha, 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 ha. and we the day was uh, the day he was hired. I remember you and I in our first segment basically saying, "Yeah, it's not a joke. It's it's not some jokey joke line. It's a real thing." And you hear the players talk about. A former player has tried to warm every uh, warn everyone, but yeah, it's good stuff, man. And by the way, speaking of uh, Schmitty, that seemed to be a pretty constant conversation too yesterday, Josh. Where I'm, listen, we can't speak to every single person on this roster, but from the guys who spoke yesterday, from the dudes that spoke at Big Twelve Media Day, uh, it appears as if it's been, and I'm very careful because. I I love Benny, and so he was more than just a strength coach to me. Um, He was a good dude. But, so when I say that, I want you guys to know it's not a shot. It seems like it's been embraced and it's been necessary. Does that make sense? In other words, without – and you heard even in that, Theo Weiss doesn't want to compare anything to the previous staff. But when they talk about Schmitty and they talk about what he's done with his strength uh, program, it seems as if it's embraced – and it was necessary, and it's an upgrade. Does seem to be fair?
3: Yeah, it, it feels that way. And, you know, one thing we can definitely say with uh, certainty is that the team, the players, they seem to be – they seem to feel really positively about the growth that they've made mm-hmm. in terms of the strength and conditioning department. And now the proof will be in the pudding, right? It'll come down to what do what do second halves look like for Oklahoma this season and beyond? What do fourth quarters look like this season? We, we hear it time and time again. I've sat here and, well, been on a radio show at times with Teddy or listened to Teddy a bunch, and that's what he constantly talks about is – the strength and conditioning portion, that's where it pays off, right? Second halves of football games, fourth quarters of football games, late in the season, early in the season when it's hot, right? Really just any point in the season, second halves, fourth quarters, that's when you see, okay, hey, this is a well-conditioned football team.
0: Bingo. So, let's react. 405 651 Air Comfort Solutions. Text, hit us up. Uh, I, there was one thing that Theo Weese said that caught my ear, and I want to talk about it next. Plus, we'll share a little bit of Cale Gundy right here on The Ref. All right, we'll get a little bit of our conversation, or at least sitting in on the conversation with our man Cale Gundy coming up here in just a bit. It's The Plank Show. We're recapping and reliving Big, Big 12 Media Day. Listen to me. Recapping and reliving Sooner Media Day yesterday. And now, Josh the i guess the only thing left would be game week right we'll have some post-practice pressers over the next few weeks we'll have um eventables media availability but there is the first weekly press conference there's the first coaches show and then boom it's kickoff we're there Uh, i this is that point where i would usually look up in the studio and see the countdown clock and give you an, an exam oh no i just realized something josh
3: yeah you're gonna have to reset the whole clock yeah <laughs> you guys you guys you're know
0: right. i had that clock set to the second
3: <laughs> it has been unplugged it is not in that room yeah it will need some tinkering you Thank are correct
0: Urgh. Urgh. but we're there and, and yesterday was a was a benchmark event so One thing that stood out to me from Theo Wees before we get uh, a little bit of Kale Gundy and some of your reactions here at the bottom of the hour off the air comfort solutions, text line 405-651-3439 always wanted to play for a defensive minded coach. So what Theo Wies said, he never really gave the why, but that's interesting. Um, why do you think?
3: Yeah, we, we failed on that. We should have followed up immediately. Well,
0: he, but he even said, he's like, I can't, I can't tell you why. I've just I've always wanted to. And that's one of those things to where, you know, I would say, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Bismarck, North Dakota. Someone's like, why? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's just I've always wanted to go there, right? It's, just, it's <laughs> North Dakota. And it was the first capital that I memorized. So I felt pretty smart and I want to go there. Um, but I, I don't know. That, that's kind of an interesting way of thinking for a guy like Wee's.
3: Yeah, that is curious. I mean, offensive players want to play for a defensive minded head coach. I don't know. I mean, sell me a couple of reasons why you would want to play for a defensive minded head coach as an offensive player. It doesn't make
0: any sense. But then again, I was thinking of it this way, okay? Because I'm not, this isn't a major storyline, it's just something interesting that stood out to me. Maybe in his mind, there's that confidence that, oh, the offense has got this, we're good to go. If we have a defensive-minded head coach, then we know that we're going to shut people down. Maybe
3: that's it? Yeah, I mean, maybe you feel like you're just going to be, it better positions you to be a better football team overall if you have a defensive-minded head coach. Maybe that's just kind of how Theo Weiss feels and... Look, I'm not speaking for him here. He very clearly said, I don't really know why, but this is just kind of how I feel. Uh, you know, maybe it's, you know, you, you leave the offense to offensive-minded people, and then the, the head coach focuses a little more on the defense. I don't know. It's interesting.
0: From the 580 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, I like that Theo said they're being prepared for more than just football. They're preparing them for life. That's good stuff. Now, it's interesting that you say that, because that – and I agree with you, by the way. I'm, so when I lay this out, I, I want you to know I agree with you 100%. But now we've reached that point where there's a certain faction of the fan base, right, Josh? It's like, well, I don't care about prepared for life. I need this guy prepared to play the, the one technique. Or I need him prepared to, to be a, a wide receiver that's going to run the right route. Or understand his assignments. Life. Life happens on Saturdays inside Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. There's a large faction, there, a, a, a faction, the fan base that kind of feels that way. I get it. The culture's in place. I get it. Soul mission. Go win me a football game. That's not what this. I mean, listen, winning is the, the ultimate end goal. But, Josh, I think that's pretty awesome to hear the players even echo that sentiment from Brent Venables. Hey, we're preparing you to be the best football player you can be. We're also preparing you to be the best at life you could possibly be, too.
3: It gets back to what was sort of a popular topic across the board with players yesterday, the buy-in factor. How bought in are you to this staff and their vision and what they've been talking about, what they've been preaching, what they've been selling, both to you, you know, in meetings, yeah. Throughout the spring, throughout the off season, and then on the recruiting trail as well. And when you hear the players recite that and, and not recite it as if it's been a set of ABC talking points, but genuinely revisit that and share that vision. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that tells you that yes, they're bought in.
0: From the nine one three by the way, it took me just a second to to figure out the nine one three area code. But that's checking in, Josh, from your neck of the nape, nape of the neck, nine one three, Kansas City, Kansas, on the right side of the uh, Kansas Missouri border. I lo- oh hold on, I felt I I read the wrong one. Whenever I build up to it, uh, I like that Theo said they're being prepared for life. Wait a minute, I feel like our offense is going to be very similar to the 0-7-0-9 offense. Lots of running it right down the throat. Everyone get touches, and then DG hits a guy over the top. Go back and watch Ole Miss last year. That's your offense. Uh, up-tempo, very similar to 07-09. Uh, you know, it's, it is what, what Oklahoma did under Kevin Wilson in a lot of ways. Go back. I mean, I, I know that it's some people getting mad when you bring this up, but go watch go watch RG3 at Baylor. Go watch what, what Art Briles did. There's a little bit of that in this. Go watch Ole Miss last year. There's a little bit of that. Go watch a little UCF from a couple years ago. There's a little bit. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's fun. I mean, I, I know that offense hasn't necessarily been an issue for Oklahoma, but what they're going to do offensively, it's, it's going to be a little different, right? Um, you know, Oklahoma didn't huddle, but they didn't run a hurry up, and I think that was a great misnomer last year. I remember Gabe... Tweeting about it last year, and we talked about it on Coach's Corner. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be left lane hammer down, man. It's gonna be pedal to the metal. I, am I allowed to use all gas, no brakes, or is that a Texas thing, Josh?
3: Yeah, no, they've okay. totally ruined that. No. They have sullied it. We we will no longer speak okay. those words. Fair enough. Uh,
0: and from the seven three one here, real quick. My mom went to school with Eric Senior, and my uncle played football with him. We're constantly rooting for Eric's success. I was able to watch him up here in Knoxville a few times. He would make plays that had you saying, this dude is special. Really hope for an amazing season for him. Me too. He, uh, We had a chance to talk to Eric in his first game. He did post-game with us, and he was great. And then I, I think I've told this story on the air before. Then I go out to dinner, and him and his family are literally at the same place that, that me and my family are having dinner. And we talked... And I got to meet his family. It's a good, it's a good family. It's, it's good people. They're the kind of people you want to root for and see. If I say you want to see them do well, is that proper English or no?
3: Yeah. No, I mean, you want to see him succeed because he's a great person, right? Comes from a great family.
0: So let's do this. The Cale the Gundy clip that we have is about three minutes long. So let's get a break. Shocking, right? Take a break near the actual time. And when we come back, we'll hear from Cale Gundy. We've talked running backs. We, we heard from DeMarco Murray and Eric Gray this hour. Let's finish our wide receiver conversation with Cale Gundy coming up next. Thanks to uh, Theo Wee's Great job on the Theo Weiss stuff, Josh. That was awesome. We'll hear from Cale Gundy next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Wednesday. How's the progress in the torn down studio going right now, Josh?
3: It's coming along. They have started. They've ripped everything off the walls, right, Right. which involved, you know, having to really get in there and, you know, scrape some of the old.
0: There's some asbestos in there, I'm sure.
3: Right, which is great news for me this morning on the opposite (laughs) of the (laughs) the glass here. But they had to rip everything off the wall and kind of scrape what was still remaining there. And so now they're into the painting of the walls. And then uh, obviously they'll put the soundproofing fixtures up there. And then we'll be uh, ready to roll.
0: By the way, while we're at it, before we play Kale Gundy, uh, a big thank you to our, our boss lady and a happy birthday to Casey Vineyard. Happy birthday. Amazing what she's accomplished at just the ripe young age of 25 years old. No kidding. But we are so honored to be part of this station and what it continues to build and what it continues to grow into. We are pumped to be a part of the ref. Happy birthday, Casey Vineyard. I'm really excited to see the new studio so no one has to hear my massive air conditioning unit in the background. All right, Josh Helmer. Kale Gundy yesterday. Uh, this is good. I want to thank, let's see, who's all here with me? I think Eddie Radosovich asks a question about the staff. Um, I, I get one in late, but enjoy a little. Oh, Eric Bailey, I think, is in here with us, too.
6: Again, this is just a great time, fall camp every year. I was just telling somebody coming down the elevator, it's like, man, this is, uh, I was telling one of the players, right? I was telling one of the players, um, you know, that one of the true freshmen that had not been here, you know, I was like, this is, you're going to enjoy the next 30 days. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be
2: tiring, but you're going to enjoy the next thirty days. Competition and culture go hand in uh, hand. Yeah. Seems like those are the two like yeah. keyword buzzwords that we've heard from day one since Sprint got here. Yeah,
6: no, no doubt. And and that's what um, you know. We were just talking about it earlier. Is having guys being able to separate. You know, and again, I got a I got a big group of guys in there. I got fifteen guys in my room, um, and uh, you know, we're we're looking for your top five or six guys. And so the, the competition every single day uh, that, that, that they have to bring in order to rise to the top. But, I mean, that's what we want our, our, our whole group. That's what we want the whole everybody and we want everybody to be competitive we want uh everybody to be bringing great ideas and it doesn't matter if it's in the equipment room the staff or whatever we want everybody to be their very best in their department and if everybody's doing that um you know that's the mindset you're you're not going to go from one area to another and be let down inside our program
2: just from an experience standpoint what does lv bunkley shelton bring
6: First of all, he's a great kid. I um, mean, you're You guys are going to see him and get around him. Um, he's always going to have a smile on his face. Uh, very appreciative, very thankful. Um, he's a great route runner. He's got great hands. Um, I believe he's somebody that we're going to be able to to count on. And um, you know, he's a guy that makes a lot of competitive plays. Uh, very consistent, very solid. And um, again, I just I kind of tend to go back to. I mean he's just he's a great kid i mean he's a um you know he just he, he he was so excited to have the opportunity to come here and be a part of this and uh, just to have the opportunity to compete and, and play for oklahoma and and, and be a, be the best player he can be is it
2: unique from your view seeing the defensive guys that weren't here last year coaching um, have success on the recruiting trail everything seems to be coming together and is that just kind of is that an indication that the culture that you guys have built is in place and it's getting better each day? For the new coaches who yes, got for here the coaches, for them having yeah. success? Yeah, for, for is that your a surprise your view? to me. Not not a surprise, but it almost a validation that yeah. like everything is moving in the yeah. direction that we thought it would. Yeah. Well
6: I, I never, you know, never thought that it wouldn't happen like this. Sure. I just you know um, because first of all I, I knew who those I knew who those people were. I've learned who they who our defensive coaches um, who they are as people and um, with the success that they have everywhere else, they're only going to continue to bring that here. And um, I'm, I, it's, a, it's a great time right now. This is, um, I've been here, this is 24 years as a coach, 29 overall as a player. And as a, as a, as a coach, um, this program is in good a position and heading to the best position um, area that I've ever seen. I really do. I believe
0: that. What's the adjustment been like for you then going from just having a
6: couple of guys in that room to having a big room? Has it been different for you? Yeah. You, I mean, you just got to, I mean, you got to see what's going on. <laughs> it, the, and that's been the biggest change is, you know, having your eyes on one to two guys to, to three or four guys. And, um, um, you know, you, you got to do a great job with film afterwards, and we got to do a great job of grading our players. and uh, But that's been the biggest adjustment is just um, – you know, and, and, and plus, you know, offensively how we play, uh, you don't have a lot of time to really be looking around.
0: Kale Gundy. Yeah, I, I didn't think of that whenever he answered the question. You know, it's you're looking at essentially one one or two guys, where they're lined up, and you're good to go. Now it's like, okay, we got, we got three or four spots we've got to keep an eye on here. So your job isn't just with a larger number of people, but – watching more areas, more spaces, more, more film work after practice. So there is an hour on the offense sooner, fans. 405-651-3439. Hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We're going to hit the top five stories of the day, presented by Newcastle Casino when we come back. And we're going to dive back into some defensive talk because Josh went one-on-one with Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman. Thanks, Eddie. Great questions to Kale uh, in our interview with him. And man, this is an exciting time to be a running back or a receiver on this roster right now. And it's going to be different. Somewhat similar to the way it was maybe gone 10 years ago, but different from what we've seen recently. It's a plank show right here on the ref. <laughs>